for conventional wisdom, it's not going to be wise to dive into something that is so edgy. Yes. Right. So I think, you know, to add to that, we shouldn't try to be, let's try to be relevant or edgy or, um, we've talked about this at the, uh, the collective weekend. Like you're not trying to be profound. Mm. You're trying to be clear. Hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 161. I'm your host, Mike Neglia, and you just heard Pilgrim Benham. Now, this is a, one of our bonus episodes. Usually, our podcast comes out on Tuesday, but from time to time, we have a special bonus episode that'll come out on a Thursday or a Friday. And this is a file that I've had saved on my computer for more than a year. Uh, this was recorded back in March of 2020. Uh, Pilgrim and I didn't know it, but we were experiencing the very end of the old way of life, the old normal. Uh, Pilgrim and I had uh, just come back to Cork, Ireland, where I live. Uh, we were in Budapest. Uh, as part of the Expositors Collective Training Day that took place in Budapest, Hungary. And that Sunday morning, Pilgrim preached at Calvary Cork. And like I said, little did I know, that was actually the last normal church service we've had up until this point. Our church has largely moved online. Um, in accordance with the Irish government guidelines. Uh, We have had about a month in the summer and about three weeks in December when we were able to physically meet together, but it was limited in number and uh, distant from one another. So Pilgrim preached the last normal sermon that Calvary Cork ever heard. Uh, up until things go back to to normal. And so it's fitting that we had a conversation about what it means to be a guest preacher. Uh, what is the expectations on both ends, both on the host church and also to the guest preacher. So The reason why I kind of saved this episode up until now is because there wasn't a lot of traveling going back and forth. And uh, in the early stages of the 2020 pandemic, uh, most people were staying put. They were not traveling from one church to another. Uh, You probably weren't invited to be a guest anywhere, but people are beginning to travel and move around more. So it feels appropriate for this to come out. And even if you don't have anything scheduled on your calendar, if you're not booked to be a guest speaker somewhere, I think this conversation still is worthwhile. If only for the fact that Pilgrim ambushes me and he asks me about my first sermon that I ever preached. A final note before the interview actually uh, gets started. Uh, Speaking of guesting and hosting, uh, one of Pilgrim's responsibilities uh, with the Expositors Collective is he is kind of the liaison between host churches and our training events. So we previously have done uh, training weekends across the US and into Europe, and Pilgrim works with the local churches to facilitate us coming and doing a weekend training event. 
And although we do not have anything scheduled right now, we look forward to a future when we're able to re-engage with in-person training events. And so if that's something that you want to begin speaking to us about, about a team of us coming and uh, helping train and equip young and new Bible teachers in your church and also blessing the surrounding churches by inviting others to send their young and new Bible teachers, well, get in touch. You can reach us through our website, expositorscollective.com, or even through social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can get in touch and you'll be put in touch with Pilgrim about the possibilities of safely hosting a training event someday in the future. Okay, this intro has gone way too long. I'm going to get out of your way and we're going to journey back to March of 2020, uh, Pilgrim and I speaking about guest preaching. Hi, Mike. Oh, hi, Pilgrim. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really great. It's really surreal to be sitting here in your living room in Ireland. Well, it's actually quite common to me. I sit here in this room a lot. (laughs) It's very normal. This is great. Fireside in an Irish beautiful home. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I've I've lived here. I've lived in this house for almost 10 years. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. It feels good to be a guest in your home. Yes. And as an awkward segue. And a guest slash host on the (laughs) podcast. Yes. (laughs) So, so Pilgrim, you're like part of the team for the Expositors Collective. And so I thought rather than me interview you and me like ask you questions for you to answer, how about we just talk? Let's just talk. Well, I do have a question for you. Okay. Because I hear this every episode that you interview people. Oh. What was your first sermon? What? Yeah. What? Uh, my first sermon. Wow. Thanks. Nobody yeah. ever, nobody ever asks. Hey, we all are curious. We're <laughs> waiting for this moment. My first sermon happened in, uh, the year 2000. Okay. So 20 years ago. Wow. And I was a, a brand new Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say in the early months of the year 2000, like okay. right after Y2K, it was not related to, but I just, you remember. survived. Yeah, yeah, we all so. did. Um, but I just remember that's kind of a, a marker. I knew that it was, let's say, let's say January, February of 2000. Mm-hmm. I, Is that what you preached on? <laughs> no, I, the, um, the rapture, you didn't preach on the end times. Well, it's like, Hey guys, so we missed the rapture. So yeah. no, I was, so, so amongst my, I was like 17 years old. I, I just turned 17 at the end of December and I, you know, became a We're Christian. doing the math right now, by the way. Yeah. I'm 37 That's, now. Yeah. yeah. yeah as of okay. recording 37, Thank you. a spry, I think I'm the edge of millennials. I'm the yeah. young, I'm the youngest millennial. Okay. No, or the oldest, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm solid Gen X, so. Okay, yeah, I'm a Zenial, which is halfway between. Anyway, whatever. So, I was, um, yeah, just like saved. I was, I, I was not interested in Christianity at all. I consciously rejected it. I, um, and I was just living my punk rock 17-year-old life, 16, yeah. 17-year-old life. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I won't get into all the details, but like, I was part of like what what was like a real legitimate like youth revival. Yeah. Like at my high school, Fallbrook Union High School, like I'd say like 30, 40, 50 kids like got saved like wow. in one in one swoop, 
Yeah. Is it like uh, outreach or nope. just one by one? Nope. God's spirit just wow. like did something in my high school. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, looking back on like the human instruments or the means, there was, uh, there was these, you know, fellow teenagers like i think of one like josh seal and some others that were just like really committed to praying for mm-hmm. their campus yeah and would uh would actually this sounds kind of cheesy but would like gather at the at the um the flagpole yeah um, i think there was an event called like see you at the pole yeah where christian teenagers would gather at the, at the flagpole the second uh wednesday every september is that it yeah okay first third somewhere in there so that's well good job knowing yeah. that you must have i was a youth pastor <laughs> okay I was that flagpole more than I well, wanted to be. Okay, so that happened, let's say, in September of 1999. Okay. So there was that See You at the Pole event. Yeah. I didn't go. Why would I? I don't care, you know? But, like, that happened. And um, and then people, uh, teenagers, were like, we shouldn't do this just once a year. Let's do this every day. Yeah. Let's gather yeah. and let's pray for our campus wow. every day. And so they did. And I remember like walking past it, you know, walking laughing. Yeah. Yep. And and then a couple months later. You're there at the flagpole. Yes. On your knees. Couple years not on my knees, but yeah. a couple years. I was like I was like just drawn to yeah. to to know the Lord. And it 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 and I was amongst the first wave of like these people that were just coming to 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 know Jesus or come back to Jesus or whatever. Yeah. And so got kind of drawn into know the Lord through that. There's other other ways and means, and um, there's other people that were involved in that. But that's kind of the gist of it. So then that kind of youth movement it turned from just a morning prayer meeting to also like a lunchtime prayer meeting. Mm-hmm. So people would gather for prayer like before and during school, and we would gather like in the the area near the the flagpole and have just a time of like prayer worship and then short teaching wow in our lunch break and it was all entirely student-led there was no youth pastor no youth leader that could kind of even claim it yeah it was this like interdenominational revival and so yeah just the a time few time came for you to well yeah that's yeah, sorry yeah so that was kind of it where uh we'd gather in the morning and then i would kind of like see it people would just plan out okay who's going to be doing the bible study at lunch today yeah and then somebody else would volunteer or whatever so and then did, it came did, came my turn did you volunteer or did someone I, say, I did like, no I, I, I kind of volunteered i was like you know what like i'm reading this book called like romans and (laughs) and um i just said yeah i kind of i kind of got something so i sort of volunteered at like you know before school started i volunteered i'll do it today and then did you have anything prepared no okay but don't worry i had time in math class and study hall (laughs) yeah so i just had my bible open during first class and second and third period and then lunchtime came and then i did a, a bible study about the the faith of abraham and how god saw abraham's faith and he was kind of righteous and so that was my first time teaching the Bible, and it was like standing up to a crowd of like forty or fifty um, of my peers. Wow, that's in a, in actually a, pretty intimidating in a public area for too. a first, yeah, yep. public place yep. with non-believers all around. Yeah, all over the place. That's intimidating. Yeah, that was my first sermon. So how was it? I don't really remember actually, um, but I was excited to do it. I was glad to do it, and yeah. I really felt like thrilled to be able to like contribute something yeah. to have something that like. I was like, oh, I read this yesterday, and it's still in my heart and my mind. It's the first time I've ever read it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to teach yeah. you. And, uh, yeah, that was my first time. Wow. And then I think during that time, too—sorry, I'm going long. But, no. Uh, I was 
like I did have like a Christian upbringing. Um, I, I was sent to a, a Lutheran school. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, I had like catechism back. Like I got, I could still quote you Lutheran catechisms. Okay. <laughs> and um, so I, I had this knowledge of like how the Bible worked. Yeah. So, so when I, when I rejected Christianity, I knew what I was rejecting. Yeah. And uh, to some degree. And then uh so even with a Lutheran catechism, you still pronounce it Romans. I well, I'm that's a, I'm kind of joking, um, but so I had. So did you have any reception from that sermon? Was it like, did you get any feedback from the peers, or you don't remember? You know, I think I got like like a polite round of applause at the end, kind of the obligatory. Yeah, which I I hate those so much. <laughs> I, I I think when. It, yeah, I think when people clap after a sermon, it's usually code for that was so bad. I want to encourage right, you we, so you yeah, don't go hang yourself. Tough. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know that's not everyone's heart, but like, yeah. Wow. Uh, but then, sorry. So I had this like this this knowledge of how the Bible worked to some degree, and then I also what had what I had more than anything else was I had um, like a teen study Bible, oh. and in the back there was all this like topical index. Yeah. And so I kind of cheater Bible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like all my friends didn't have that. And so I be, like was involved in these conversations about like how, you know, Hey, so does the Bible say I can smoke weed? I'm like, I, I don't know. And then I'd go in the back yeah. <laughs> and I'd, I'd read those out. things or, you know, can I sleep with my girlfriend? We're married in our hearts or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so I just had this, a little bit of an advantage where I knew how the Bible works. And I also knew how to look things up in the back. So I became the guy who would explain oh. what the Bible says to everyone else. Gotcha. And so I've essentially been doing that for 20, yeah, 20 years. Back. Yeah. So I think that there's a great advantage that I had. And to, you still use the teen study Bible. Yeah. Every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Those notes, man. Yeah. So yeah, that's my, that's awesome, man. Thanks for asking. We've been dying to know <laughs> for 96 episodes. We've been wondering. Wow. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So what's our topic? Um, uh, guest preaching. <laughs> guest speaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so I was a guest at the high school. So, yeah, <laughs> the transition. And I was a guest this morning at Calvary Cork. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And we were talking a few days ago. That'd be a good episode to talk about, like, guest preaching. Yeah, we were trying to do this before I preached. Yes. Because now we're after the fact. That's right. But but that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, so, what's it like to be a guest preacher? Or how do you think a guest preacher can discharge their duties to the best of their ability. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I think you back it up. If you are invited Mm -hmm. to speak somewhere. So, you know, one thing we talk about at the Expositors Collective weekend, we'll talk about preaching mentorships. And a lot of times people will uh, be invited by their pastor to speak for the first time. Like, hey, I want you to do a Wednesday night. Or, hey, here's an opportunity. Um, And one of the things we say in that uh, module is like, Always say yes. Right. Always say yes. And then take the, you know, an acid later. Yeah. Like, just go for it. Um, because when God gives you opportunities, you you want to take those. So, that's actually a rule of thumb for me. So, if anyone asks me, would you be willing to come and teach, you know, on a Sunday, I'm going to prayerfully say yes, unless it, like, really interferes mm-hmm. with our family. Um, so, yeah, I think if you've, if you've been given that really cool opportunity, um you go for it. And I think there's a couple like best practices though, like okay. when you speak somewhere. So you're a guest preacher, obviously you've spoken yeah. at more than just one place. Yeah. What are some of the 
thoughts that you have going into like is there if it's not if you're not being assigned a message right uh, do you have like a is it bad to have like a like a standard hmm. You know, yeah, a polished I, message that's kind of standalone. You do it at every church you go to. Uh, well, Pilgrim, not only do I think it's not bad, I think it's good. I think it's good that mm. you want to to bring something uh, that you know is good. Yeah, that you it's been tested a little to bit. some degree. That yeah. that it's like okay, I know this is a, a solid one. It's a I've heard someone call it like a silver bullet. Okay. Um, and you don't want to you don't want to trust. You yeah. only have this retroactive trust. Oh, this worked in the past. It'll work now. Yeah. But you don't want yeah, to be like. Doesn't it get a little crusty? Like, whereas you've already preached it. So now it's like kind of robotic. Uh, it could be. It okay. could be. I've. Like I, you timed it so perfectly. Like this joke gets them every time. <laughs> well, here's here's maybe here's here's what I would think about doing that. It says you, you do an old sermon, but like you write it out fresh. Yeah. That you you take time whether it's analog or on a computer and you just write it out once okay. again so that it is a new take That's a good idea. on the old message yeah okay um and, and this is good advice i guess for people who are already preaching so yeah obviously this is maybe someone's listening to this because they're being asked to preach the first sermon yeah and they're hearing oh just do one of your old ones <laughs> yeah right well it, would there ever be like is so is there like some topics or texts that you would say the pastor says share whatever's on your heart yeah. would you say you probably want to avoid or stay steer clear of those hot button um books of the bible or topics mm-hmm. and verses oh yeah i mean this is not the time this is not the time i think as a guest speaker essentially you should think of your job as to like to encourage um, mm-hmm. Your job is to like strengthen. It's not your job to like rebuke or correct. Like I've got a word for these guys because I'm really sick of what I'm seeing on social media. Exactly. So yeah. Correct yeah. them. Yeah. Their faulty view. And then also, it's not your job to like delve into the mysteries of yeah, a pet doctrine or something that you know, like a debatable issue as well too. Okay. Um, this is not your time to list out like you know seven reasons why you know alcohol is not something that Christians should partake in or. 14 reasons why alcohol should be partaken of, you know, like these are things that like leave the local pastor to direct those, those things. Okay. So you're, Oh, that's good. So you're not there to necessarily correct a viewpoint. You're not necessarily there to like, we're going to do a deep dive in this doctrinal idea so I can set the record straight. Yeah. Yeah. It's not your job. Like do that with your own church. Or if you don't have a church, (laughs) then, then turns out like it's not your calling at the moment to, to wade into debates and to set the record straight. Right. So circumcision would probably be a topic you would not. You know what? Um, uh, probably not. On, but on the principle, I would say that like, yeah, you can delve into that because sure. because that is so finalized and finished. That's not a debate anymore. Right. You know, that's a that's done and dusted for 19 centuries. You know, right. we know like what the Bible teaches on that. Yeah. So I would say like in principle, yeah, you could do that because yeah. that's not an issue that is uh, a hot topic today. Right. However. You probably shouldn't talk about circumcision because nobody wants to hear guest pastor Pilgrim talk about like penises. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, all scripture is God breathed. So yes. like, we know you could get up and teach any passage and people could be edified. But yeah. it just for, for conventional wisdom, it's not going to be wise to dive into something that is so edgy. Yes. Right. So I think, you know, to add to that, we shouldn't try to be. Let's try to be relevant or edgy or um, we've talked about this at the uh, the collective weekend. Like you're not trying to be profound. Mm. You're trying to be clear. Yeah. 
I think that's important. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Neil Spencer said this to me, and actually, I know I wrote it down somewhere. So I was flipping through old notebooks earlier trying to find this quote. So I can't remember it. So, Neil, sorry if you're listening to this. But, yeah, he because I was a guest speaker at um, at the church that he's he's at right now. And then he said, you know, listen, Mike, um, you know, make it make it good. Make it encouraging. Make it short. <laughs> make it short. Yeah. OK, so you don't think like, listen, I'm a guest speaker. You've given me this amount of time. Yeah. They need to hear everything that I have to say. In fact, a little bit more than what I normally would say. Yeah. Because I'm a guest here in the home. Just like you invited me into your home, I right. can kind of outweigh my welcome a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Yeah. So, no? Yeah. Yeah. You don't think like, hey, this is my time to shine. You know, <laughs> it's not your time to shine. You're, you're, you're there to either like fill the pulpit so that the the, the regular pastor can can be elsewhere if yeah. he's on holidays or, or vacation, as you Americans say, yeah. um, to allow him to do that. Okay. Or it also is because like you've been invited because he'd like you to bring a certain message. Sure. And so I think there's other times when you aren't even asked to, sorry, you aren't given the free reign to preach on whatever you want. Right. When you're assigned something. And yes, so in those so that's cases. That's an extra level of challenge. Right? Yeah. So Pilgrim, you preached today at Calvary Cork and you were assigned a passage. How yeah. did that go? Yeah, so you told me in advance, so you gave me plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, even if you didn't give me a lot of time, they're okay, you know, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Thankfully, it's a text I know, mm-hmm. John 3.16. Yeah, Hopefully yeah. everyone knows it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we talked about that a bit. Um, so, yeah, I think having notes already, do you think that's a hindrance or is that a help? For me, um, it could go either way. It could be like, man, this was a specific message that happened for our church oh. years ago. I need to almost not even look at my notes and start mm. fresh for what the Holy Spirit wants to communicate to Calvary Cork, mm. you know. Um, or it's, oh, wow, I've got a ton of notes on this. This is super, I'm already way ahead. This will yeah. just be an easy. Lucky me. Yeah, easy message. Um, so, yeah, I kind of, it was more on the second part of that for me. Yeah. It was like, all right, I already have good notes. I preached it last year, so it's kind of more fresh. Yeah. Um, but still, even even up until the plane ride over here. I was just refining it, cleaning it up, trimming it up. Felt like I was ready coming into the trip yeah, and still kind of tweaking it. Well, I appreciate that because we, we flew to Cork this morning yeah. and you sat in row one and I sat in row two. Yeah, a little stressful. Yeah, of Ryanair. Let me just clarify. We were not flying uh, first class. Yeah, no, we no. Were, <laughs> we were flying. That's the closest to first class. Yeah, we were, we were in the front row of the budget airlines. There wasn't even a, what's to call it? USB the, the, port? Oh yeah, no USB port, no screens, right. um, and no Wi-Fi. And then when we when no we landed, oxygen. when we landed, they open the door and they bring out the ladder. <laughs> yeah, you don't even get to taxi to the terminal. Yeah, you have to get out on the runway. Yes, and basically walk a half mile. Yeah, to the destination. Yeah. So it's they get you halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> On your own. Where you're in the country. Yeah. You'll find your way to the city. That's synergism right there. <laughs> <laughs> you're mostly there. And at the very end, you have to contribute something. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm divulging. I'm going on that tangent because you can't just casually say, oh, yeah, a couple of preachers were in the front row. Right. Um, we have to close. So I was in row two. You were in row one. Yeah. And I wasn't being nosy, but I could look between the seats. And I saw that you were going over. Um, you know, the notes for that morning and then even like making little um, typing little things into the phone to change it. And, you know, that, that made me happy. Um, I was yeah. glad to see that um, that like, hey, the preacher for church this morning is taking this seriously. Yeah. Um, he's not just warming up leftovers. He's not just phoning it in. Right. Um, it's it's uh, 
yeah, that there's thoughtfulness going into it. Yeah. And then as a pastor of this congregation, it made me even more happy to know like, wow, like they're in for a treat today. Sure. Yeah. And I think even if it were that silver bullet message. Yeah. So if it wasn't assigned. Right. So I think when it's assigned, it's actually um, it could be even it could be trickier or it could be easier. It's trickier in the sense that, oh, wow, here's a text I've never taught before. Um, or it could be, you know, easier if it's like, yeah, this is, um, you know, this is, it's easy to have an assignment. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think, you know, if I were to walk in today with that silver bullet message, yeah. I still would be tweaking it. Okay. Right. Because I'm speaking it not in the same, you know, even if it's across town, yeah. it's a different fellowship. It's yeah. a different group of people. We have to be willing, you know, to be led by the spirit. So I think that's important. So time-wise, um, how did I do? You, you told me 42 minutes. Right. Um, and I tried, I tried using my um, iPhone. Okay. To, I was preaching from my iPad. Yes. And I had the Bible in front of me, and then I had my phone for a timer. Yes. So I used the, the little clock app. Um, but I started it way into like the introduction. Is that right? Okay. So I was way in. So I don't know. I think I stopped at like 34 minutes on okay. my timer. So I don't know. I, I don't either. Hopefully I was under. In our, our new building, which we've been there for like two years, so it's not really new. There's there's no clock anywhere. Okay. So okay. nobody knows. <laughs> in, in in the old place, there was a clock and I would always glance at it and I knew exactly where it was. Yeah. And, it, you know, and now we have no clock. So well, just just go. But I have this internal clock, though, where I do tend to stop exactly at 42 minutes. OK. Yeah, well, that's good. So you would say as a best practice, if I'm going to be a guest preacher somewhere, yeah. I need to. What, what would you say? Yeah. At be least go a little short, shorter than you're assigned. Yeah, I think so. I think as, as Neil Spencer says, you know, be good, be encouraging, be short. Yeah. So I think it's better for people to be like, oh, that was great. I wish there was more. Five minutes short. Perhaps. Yeah. That's yeah. my rule of thumb. Okay. Be well, five you, minutes less than what you're assigned. That's good. Well, you know what John Stott said? He said that the perfect length of a sermon is that it should feel like 20 minutes. Ah. And and there's some sermons that are 10 minutes and they feel like 20. Yeah. And then some could be an hour and a half and they feel like 20. Yeah. And I'd say, Pilgrim, yours felt like 20 minutes. Good. It was a good one. Awesome. It felt that way too. And um, yeah. I felt like I had way more to say and it ended very quickly. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it seemed like there was um, a good reception. So, um, so would it be appropriate if you're speaking at a, a church just to get up, do your thing, and then just kind of like go stand in the green room or just go out to the car, hmm. wait. Well, you know, in order to caught, to, to curb that, we've specifically not had a green room installed oh. in our church. Oh, that's helpful. <laughs> we also meet in a we high school gym. So, yeah. that doesn't have one. <laughs> um, no, I think it was, it was great to see. Um, you know, so I tried as, you know, the, the, the host to stick by your side um, the whole yeah, morning. I appreciate that. I tried to consciously, I think there's things in this episode too for like the host and, and the guest. So I tried to consciously like introduce you to, to as many people as I could. Um, I think that's, that's good for you. Helps you to have some vague connection to the people that you're about to preach to. Yeah. But then also uh, that strengthens um, the connection that the person's going to have for the stranger who's going to preach to them too. Yeah. Um, so tried to do that. I think what was most important was I introduced you to the, the worship leader uh, because the worship leader was going to be the guy who transitioned after your sermon into the rest of the elements of the, the liturgy. Yeah. Extra songs, you know, corporate prayer, communion, those types of things. So I thought it was really important for you to know what you had to do, yeah. which is stand up, preach, sit down. 
That's yes. it. Yeah. Um, because some churches have different expectations that you would also lead in the offering, that you would pray for communion, that you would do these types of things. Right. So uh, you don't want to find that out at the last minute. Well, it helps being assigned, or at least for you to know what I'm teaching, at least in advance, right? Because what I noticed today is even though he and I did not coordinate, your worship leader had like the best songs picked mm. out for this message. Yeah. And it wasn't that he knew what I was going to say in the message part of it. He knew what the scripture that we were going to be studying you know, was about. So certain words came out amazingly in the songs. Yes. Well, he did know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, because you sent me the notes. Yes. And then I sent them to him. Okay, good. So he consciously like read those and then chose the songs based on that. So best practice. Best practice. Notes to the team ahead of time. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's great to have as much overlap between the singing and the preaching as possible. Yeah. Uh, we did a whole episode about that. For sure. Um, which I think is good. Maybe that's just a Mike Neglia quirk, but I think it's really good, really valid. I think, do you appreciate it? Singing and can it be? Oh, absolutely. And then quoting it later on? Yep. Was that a, would you think that was a, a coincidence? I did for a minute. There's nothing left to chance. I'm Don't you worry. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, oh, and we sang this earlier, didn't we? <laughs> You're in the back kind of holding your hands. <laughs> I am the the, uh, Puppet well, the, the puppeteer, yes. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's good. Um, you know, I've, I've, you know, guest spoken a, a lot. As, you know, I, I essentially used to be a supported missionary. So that means that I have a lot of links to a lot of churches. Okay. And so it used to be that when I would go to California, I'd have these obligations or privileges or, you know, expectations that I'd go and speak at different churches. Sure. So um, it'd be four weeks of a different church every single Sunday. And sometimes they would want me to, at one church, they asked me to like pray over the offering and then lead in communion. And I said, you know, I'd actually rather not because I don't know how you do it. Um, that we, you know, in, in my own church, we have our own liturgy that suits us. I don't know yours. And I said, and you know what? you have like seven elders over there. Right. <laughs> One of them could do it and it could yeah. really be in step. And so I didn't want to be like a prima donna and say, Oh no, I don't do that. Right. But I think it would to serve the Sunday the best. Yeah. It'd be that, you know, the ones who know what they're doing, they do that. And yeah. then I do something else. Yeah. So clear communication. Yeah. And I, did, so I had to know do that. What, the, what to expect with the outline of the service. Yeah. And I had to, I had to do that on the day of, you know, to turn down something, which, you know, again, I don't want to f- act like I'm, some front row flyer, <laughs> um, but just to say, like you know, that's I think they're trying to offer it to me as a chance to be nice. Yeah. But I would rather stick to what I'm good at and what I know. Right. You know, I know this sermon. I don't know how you pray for the yeah um, offering or what the order of that is. Sure. Um, could we do lightning round? Yeah. Lightning round. Let's lightning round. So we'll we'll do a couple back and forth. Okay. So okay. Um, so I'll just say something. So what is lightning round? It's something that I think that I made up a little bit ago, but then great. turns out other people have been doing it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like a game show thing. Yeah. Well, it's something. It's something with. that I do for our panel discussions at Expositors Collective. Okay. Because usually someone asks a question and then they get like four different answers as yeah. every panelist has to give their. Handing the mic. To yeah, yeah. And so lightning round for Expositors Collective is hey, listen, one guy, one answer. Okay. There's no. So need I'll give you a lightning round All thing, right. and you just give me the answer real quick. Okay. All right. So I have some questions um, for you too. Um, Worst honorarium uh, as the as the <laughs> as the host church for the guest pastor. Not necessarily your experience, but what would be like the worst case scenario? Oh man, um, uh, uh, 
I don't know. I've been the guest so many times. I don't want to. I don't want to to put anyone under the bus. It's it's a privilege to be asked. Yeah. I think maybe maybe I'll jujitsu this and okay. and and say um, you shouldn't expect an honorarium. Yes, good. Um, that to to preach is a real privilege. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, totally agree. Uh, but it's lightning around, so I can't answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, uh, what's what's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do? The weirdest thing I've been asked to do? Oh, man. Okay, because I got one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> take mine. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> take mine. Um, I have been, I mentioned this to you. I'm not going to say where this church was. Yeah. I was told um, before I spoke somewhere that they would really appreciate, they want me to speak about the pastor and how great he is. Oh. That that was the expectation. They said, just so you know, guest speakers usually talk about how like honored and how um, respected the pastor is. And I was among, wait, among his peers, I was, I was waiting, I was waiting for them to say, and just please don't do it. And they're like, I'd actually like you to really do that. Oh. So I was asked to just like, you know, blow smoke and to talk about how great he is. Yeah. Well, I would say that's, that is the best practice. Right. Yes. Okay. So, um, pastor friend of mine, he encouraged me to do this. So I would encourage everyone to do okay. this as well. Um, yeah. When you get up, the opening remarks should be something along the lines of, Thank you so much. It's an honor for me to be here. Here's the text we're going to study. So start turning there. While you're turning there, I just want you to know your pastor, when he speaks about you, Hmm. it's X, Y, Z, you know, and it needs to be genuine, you know, and, but it needs to be something encouraging. I would not use this as a, you know, (laughs) let's be really funny at this moment because that can be off color, but you know, oh man, your pastor prays for you when we're together. He's sharing, you know, um, just the things that he's, he's, He's stressed out about in a in a good way because he cares for you. He's counseling you. Mm. You know, you are a well-fed, well-loved church, I think is a great yeah. statement to say. Yeah. That's super important. So on the one hand, you'd say it's a it's a good thing to say, but it's a weird thing to be asked. It's to a do. weird thing to be asked. So let yeah. uh, let us okay. let this podcast be the one that tells you to do that. Yes. And then as if you're the host church getting a guest speaker, like just don't ask them to do it. It's weird. Yeah. And and then if they don't, then that's that's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Strangest uh strangest aspect of a, another church's service that you were a part of? Well, I, I was a guest speaker once and um, it was great to be a visitor to a church yeah. um, because again, like as a pastor of a local church for like 15, 16 years, I'm very familiar with one with one church, you know, yeah. and I, I don't know what it's like to be a visitor there anyway. So I was a guest speaker once and there was no, <laughs> I wasn't given like a, a shadow or a what do you call it? Like a like an introduction? No, not even an introduction. But like there was nobody to meet me when I when I arrived. Oh, okay. You know, and I I used to be a lot younger. And so you didn't have your own parking space. No, and your no. own gift basket. <laughs> no, 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 none of that. And that's fine, of course. But I I got there. There was nobody to 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 meet me, and and I just looked like just a first time visitor. Mm. And so to experience what it was like to be a first time. Like, Wait, who's this guy getting up in the pulpit? Yeah. To, to experience what it was like to be a first time visitor and yeah. to actually not be greeted yeah. and to kind of not know where to stand or what to do, or yeah. do I pour myself coffee or is what, what, what's going on there? Wow. And, and also at that church too, they started and they just sang the songs on the guitar with no um, words projected onto the wall oh. and no lyrics handout. The assumption was if you're here you know these songs already wow. and i actually didn't even know some of the songs so there's some cultural issues going on there. yeah so it was great to i mean it, it was good to be unwelcomed and to feel unwelcomed and to know what it's like to walk into a church wow. when nobody is is reaching out to visitors yeah 
and then to, to get up and introduce myself and then, you know, preach a sermon. Did you leave quickly? Uh, no, everyone was really nice to me oh, okay. afterwards. <laughs> well, yeah, once yeah. they found out, you I know, yeah, yeah. Beforehand, not so much. Yeah. Okay, so you. So yeah. um, you ever gotten a gift, bas- gift basket? We didn't give you one. <laughs> I have gotten a swag bag yeah. before, yeah. Yeah, what's a swag bag? Um, so <laughs> I spoke at a church. I was given a pair of socks Yeah. with the state that I was preaching at, okay. with, the, with the like state logo and yeah. flag. Um, I think there was like coffee beans yeah. and... Um, a decent, you know, like a surprisingly good honorarium, yeah. several hundred dollars. I was like surprised about that. Um, and you know, I, I don't know. I think those are, those are a way for that, that home church to just say, look, we're, we're extra thankful for you. Yeah. You know, the honorarium is, that's really sweet. And does it cover your gas mileage? Hopefully right. it covers some of your personal expenses. You yeah. know, you're taking time away from your family to travel. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think it's a real folly to like try to go speak at places to make money sure. you know, on yeah. top of yeah. your church salary. I think yeah. that's uh, a little abusive of, of your income. So, but you know, you are going to be spending gas money. You are going to be taking time away from family. There's an emotional and physical toll to mm-hmm. travel overseas, especially. So, you know, I think it's, it's helpful, but um, yeah, the gift baskets away, like it's better to give than receive. Right. So yeah. like, I think it's, it's an awesome blessing for us as a church when we have a guest speaker to be able to bless them with a little, maybe a little bit more of an honorarium than normal. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, maybe it's a, a church t-shirt, uh, maybe just something distinctive yeah. about our community, yeah. you know, I think is important. So yeah, I got socks. I still have them to this day. No way. Yeah. They're pretty awesome. I'm curious. What state is it? Uh, it's Colorado. That's what I was going to guess. Colorado, That's what I was going to guess. Think, is how yeah. you pronounce it. Okay. So, hey, well, here's a question and maybe you just gave the answer. Okay. Um, favorite, favorite experience. Favorite. What's a, what's a great church to be a guest speaker at? Oh, is that, man. can I, can I, is that unfair? Do you want to pass? Yeah, there's just, yeah, I think Calvary Cork right now is my favorite. Oh, my right goodness. Now. No, we, just the we very didn't, warm we reception. Didn't give you any socks. Yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'll give you mine right now if you want. <laughs> They're warm. I don't want your socks right now. Um, no, I think, so I would gauge that on like, um, how do the people respond to the gospel message? Like in, um, in first Corinthians, I think this is important. Like Paul says, when I came to you brothers, I didn't come to you with eloquent, eloquent speech or lofty wisdom, mm-hmm. but I came to you, you know, with the, just the simplicity of Christ and him crucified. So I, I think, you know, talking about what message do we bring when we come, and I know that's not, he wasn't guest speaking, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. When I came to a church, yeah. I'm going to come with the gospel and just the simplicity of, of what Christ has done. Um, but I'm not going to try to come with lofty speech and all that. And I think when people, when you see a church body respond the way that Calvary Cork this morning responded mm-hmm. with just even a visible, like, you know, a hearty amen. And there's just that, to me, those are the best moments where people really are thankful to hear the gospel. They're not thankful for your amazing eloquence. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, this guy's God's gift. And no wonder he was here to speak. Yeah. And some pastors actually like encourage guys who aren't gifted to come because they want the church to miss them. I've seen that happen as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. That would would explain why I get invited so much. (laughs) (laughs) I get invited a lot of places once. Mm, Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, to see a congregation respond and just to see the light bulbs go off, like they get the gospel and they appreciate hearing it again and again, even from, from, you know, a donkey, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, a guest speaker. You know, I think it's, to me, that's like they're, you know, they're solid and those are the enjoyable moments. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I could say Calvary Cork loves the gospel and yes. 
And yeah, we're a bunch of people that just see our need and rejoice to hear of, of God's gracious provision for us. Yeah. So that's awesome. Okay. So Pilgrim, thanks for talking us through uh, what it means to be a good guest speaker, what it means to be a good host church. Um, any final words that you would give to the guests or to the hosts? Yeah, I think if you're a host, you need to, um, you know, be generous, think through how you can make sure you clearly communicate what's expected of them. Don't assume that they're going to know how long they're right. supposed to yeah. go. Yeah. Don't assume that they know how the service is supposed to close. Do I pray? Does yeah. the worship team come up? Like be super specific and clear. Um, and yeah, like use this as an opportunity uh, if I, I really love being assigned stuff, but I also love when, when a pastor says, please share what God has on your heart. Mm-hmm. And I think leaving um, room for the Holy Spirit to do that. Um, if you're the if you're the guest, obviously say yes, pray about it, mm-hmm. go for it. If you have a recurring message, still work on it, still tweak it, you know, still yeah. still dust it off and, and clean it up um, and obviously stay short. But yeah, be um, be open to even a change of script, even up until the moment you preach it. Yeah. I was a guest speaker at Reliance Church uh, in California. Great, great church. And I was there for the the pre-service prayer, Mm -hmm. uh, which was super early. I think like 6 a.m. Yeah. um, So we were there for 6 a.m. pre-service prayer. And we're there in a circle and I'm praying. And I just realized this message is not the right message. Yeah. And uh, so I got a I got a lift to their church office. Yeah. And uh, found you know another one, printed it out. And I was like, this is actually what we need today. Wow. And uh, you know they were really you know that took time. Well. Yeah. Pastor Ted took time out of his schedule. I mean, he had the day off kind of because I was, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, because they they used to meet at a high school, and so then we drove off to the office. I printed it out. Yeah. He gave me some time just to quickly highlight some stuff and yeah. then basically just went with it. Wow. Yeah. So that was this this last minute change. Yeah. But then on the other hand, do you want to know how many times I've preached on the transfiguration from Mark's gospel? More think, than twice. I think like 20 times. Really? <laughs> That's been, that is my default. Go to. That's okay. my, it's, a, it's the silverest of bullets. See, I have a silver, kind of a silver bullet, Philippians chapter uh, one. Is that right? Yeah. 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 20 times worth? Uh, I think Five or six. Really? Yeah, okay. Different. Hey, here's another thing. Sorry, we're trying to wrap it up, but yeah. I got I got more ideas. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> this is what happens, right? <laughs> to conclude my sermon. Yes. One more thing. Yes. Well, okay. So again, I mentioned like, you know, as a like a supported missionary. Yeah. Here's something too. This is very niche. This is maybe for for missionaries. You know, okay. as a missionary, you get asked to speak at a lot of places. And it's not because you're a great preacher. Mm. It's because you're like a missionary and they want to hear mm-hmm. about what's What's going on in Uganda? They want to hear about what's what's happening in your ministry. Yeah. And so um, I think it's important, too, to maybe find out not only like the order of the service and whatever, but it's like, why am I here? What do you right. want me to do? Yeah. Um, do you want to hear like, you know, four encouraging stories about what's going on back on the mission field? Right. Or do you want me to expound what Romans chapter one means in so, light of our current cultural climate? Do you think it's a miss then if you're invited, if I said, hey, come to my church and I'm thinking you're going to share about the ministry. Right. And then you're like, all right, cool. Guys, open your Bibles open to Exodus to, 34. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a mess. I think so. Well, yeah, I don't want to be too harsh because I think I've done that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I used to assume that 
I was asked to speak at such and such a place because they heard what a good preacher I was and they wanted me to preach. And then actually, no, they wanted to hear about stories about what's going on in Cork with this new church plant being established. And they wanted to hear about those kind of things. So to to find that balance, um, I find that. um, And make sure you ask how much time, because you might be thinking they want you to preach a full sermon. Yeah. And they're thinking, yeah, three, four minute update. Mm. That's an awful time. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep going. And the pastor's got his arm around you. And yeah. Yeah, and he's got his notes printed. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's maybe one more thing too is to find out what what actually are they are they hoping for. Yeah. Um, so I think well, yeah, whether that's whether you're a missionary or not, if you're asked to come somewhere, it's worth it to find out. So, what's the goal? What's the, what's the telos? What's the the purpose yeah. for me being here? And uh, again, it's not for you to shine; it's to serve the mission of that church at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, if you're a guest preacher, go for it. Let the Lord use you. And if you're a church looking for a guest, praying for a guest, um, make sure you clearly communicate. So awesome stuff today. Thanks Thanks. for listening in. All right. God bless you occasional preachers. Wow. Well, once again, God bless you, occasional preachers. Uh, God bless the uh, the pastors who are bringing in guests. May you have uh, wisdom. May you be a good communicator in letting expectations be clearly known in advance. And then also those of you that are occasional or guest preachers at someone else's church or ministry, may you bring a appropriate and proper word for the time that you've been invited to speak. All right, so here's a, here's one uh, invitation that I want to give you, uh, and then also kind of a preview of things to come. Here's the invitation. We have a Facebook private group, facebook.com slash groups slash expositors collective. And it's a way to continue the conversation after the podcast ends. Um, I would love to hear from you personally if you think that there's any tips or advice about either hosting a guest preacher or being a guest preacher. And so we'll have a, a conversation thread going about this very topic in the Facebook group. So facebook.com slash groups slash expositors collective. So that's your invitation. And um, here's a preview of things to come. You know, guys, for the next couple of weeks, it's kind of an all-star lineup. Um, There's some really, really uh, great preachers that I've gotten a chance to interview. And uh, there's a great schedule coming up. Uh, In the coming weeks, there's going to be Dr. Andreas Kostenberger, Pastor John Stark, Pastor Tabidi Anyabile, and next week is Dr. Dustin Benj. Now, I want to make sure that you are subscribed so that this automatically uh, shows up in your phone or your device on the next four Tuesdays because they're all fantastic and great episodes that you don't want to miss. Okay, I'm going to prove it. Here's a bit of a preview for next Tuesday's episode with Dr. Dustin Benj. I hope that this episode and all that we do at the Expositors Collective helps you to grow in your personal study and public proclamation of God's Word. 
in other words, Mike, we we as preachers, as expositors, should never study to prepare a sermon. Never study to prepare a sermon. We are studying to know God. We we are studying to grow in Christ. We are studying to be matured in Christ. And so if that's the mindset, then you don't view a sermon as some burdensome thing that you have to get done before Sunday, but you view it as communion with the triune God. You view it as part of your own sanctification, maturity, and growth in Christ. And when you do that, you just want to slow down because you don't want to miss anything. 